Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Amy, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Grateful. Today is Thursday, July 3rd, and today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 87, that first full paragraph in the middle of the page that starts, we usually conclude. Today's readers are Chelsea, Anita, Lauren, Nancy, and Joanne. Thank you. The reference number for yesterday's Vision for You meeting, Wednesday, July the 2nd, is 6592. That's 6592. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Nancy to read the 12 steps, please. Go ahead, Nancy. Thank you, Amy, and thank you, everyone. Um, I'm Nancy S. from Wisconsin, a recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry the message, this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. I will now ask Joanne to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Joanne. Don't forget to press star one, Joanne. I was talking away. Um, Good morning. My name is Joanne. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater, and thank you, Amy, and everyone for doing service. 
The 12 traditions, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Joanne. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions of recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 87, the first full paragraph. And I will ask Chelsea to begin reading. Go ahead, Chelsea. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. This is Chelsea, a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will, and we are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. And I'm still Chelsea, grateful to be recovered for today. And um, this wraps up our um, daily um, routines that we do as far as 
making a connection with the um, source greater than ourselves. And what it does for me is to help prepare for my day so that I can have some direction. Because it said to me earlier when I first started this process that we alcoholics are not disciplined. So practicing this over and over again develops discipline for me, some routine in my life so that I'm not all over the place just spinning my wheels throughout the day, throughout the evening, just throughout my life in general, spinning my wheels, not getting anything done. That was the former way I lived. So this practice and all these practices that we're given now that we do on a daily basis are so that we can become closer to the source greater than ourselves and live out what we were meant to be. And that turns out to be patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. And it said earlier in the text um, on 84 that those were our code. Love and tolerance of others, that is our code. So instead of being self-centered, my DNA is supposed to be, my code is supposed to be loving and tolerant. I've moved out of that position. Walking through this process, all 12 of the steps, has put, the God of my understanding has placed me in a position of neutrality where I can receive grace and carry out God's will. So when I go through the process in the evening of taking that inventory, running through and see what did I do in the course of the day and will I be willing the next day to take care of what needs to be taken care of so that I can remove the obstacles that are blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit. That's the purpose of me doing that in the evening. Then in the mornings, I get a chance to, first of all, thank God of my understanding that I am being graced with another day, just being blessed with another day, do my prayers and everything so I could prepare to do my meditation because when I get up, I'm still full of self too. And thanking every day practicing just being thankful for getting up puts me in the posture to be able to pray. And then I do whatever prayers I do, and then I go into the mode of um, following these um, directions that are given here. What's my attitude? Am I prayerful? I ask God for conscious contact so I can improve that relationship of automatically turning to God or being with God, being useful to God, helping me to develop some humility so that I'm not so cocksure at all the time that everything I'm doing is right. This is why I do these daily practices, so that my divine director will be able to place me where I need to be in my stream of life and be effective and useful for others, so that I'm no longer Chelsea-centered, self-centered, that I become other-centered, which is where God is. If you're God-centered, you are others-centered. And then I can practice out my code, my DNA, which is love and tolerance. And then I wrap it up with a prayer, it says, and I do whatever prayer comes to me, and generally it's usually just asking for freedom of bondage because that's what it says here. And all through the day I pause frequently for the next right thought or action that Didi needs to send to me. Thy will not mine be done, and often I say thy, thy will and mine be one, Didi, because I want to stay where I've been placed. Page 85 tells me I've been placed there in a position of neutrality so that I could receive the grace. And I also make an action list of recovery um, activities that I'll do that day. I need to be structured. 
because I've been all over the place most of my life, and I'm addicted to chaos as well. So I need to be in a position where I can always be directed or at least have the humility to say, Didi, I need help, help, and then assume that posture so I can receive it. And thanks for letting me share, and thanks, everybody, for being here and for all your service. Thank you, Chelsea. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Elaine? This is Dennis. This is Bella. Can I share? Let's see. I heard Elaine. I heard Janice. I heard Bella. And I think there was somebody else. Lorna. And Lorna. Okay, so let's start. Is there somebody else? Oh, no. I just said Lorna, but that's okay. Okay. So let's start with Elaine. Janice, Bella, and Lorna. Go ahead, Elaine. Thank you so much. Thanks for your service, Amy. This is Elaine, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. And um, I am just going to zero in on the sentence that says that um, we, that, (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't have my book right with me, but that we, uh, that God would help us with the problems. Um, throughout the day. And my set expectation was the perfect life, the problem-free life, when I'm recovered, when I get all of my ducks in a row, when everything's all set, (laughs) when I'm managing well, then won't I have a problem-free life? Won't that be the end of my worries, the end of my trouble, the end of my woes? Um, Once I make this conscious contact with God and, and have him direct me all throughout the day, doesn't that mean that I'm going to miss all the pitfalls? I'm going to, you know, not have any uh, challenges with coworkers or spouses or other family members or or people who drive too fast or too slow or whatever, forget to turn their signal on. No, all throughout the day, I'm going to have problems. I'm going to face one problem after another. This, this paragraph, this sentence has so reset my expectations about what my day is, when I get up off my knees, when I finish my prayers, when I head out into this world, um, that I have got to lock arms with my higher power um, because it's going to be one thing after another. If my expectation is set that I'm going to have one problem after another and that God would give me what I need to face those problems, this is a totally different outlook than the picture of perfection that I was striving towards, than that picture that I projected on other people who were looking good and seemed to have it all together, that they had a problem-free life. You know, I get to live life on life's terms. I get to, to ask for an intuitive thought or action if I don't know what to do. I don't have to get all worked up if I don't have the answer right away. All I have to do is to lean into God, be patient, tolerant, loving, and kind to the people around me. And if I'm not, (laughs) look at my selfishness, my self-seeking, my dishonesty, and my fear. Clean it up. Discuss it with somebody immediately. Make amends quickly if I've harmed anyone. And then resolutely turn my thoughts to somebody I can help. I love these instructions. I love how they have retrained how I approach each and every day and also each and every problem. And so uh, I just rejoice in what I've learned over this big book, and I rejoice that I have a higher power I can 
lock arms with and uh, lean into and a fellowship that's there when I need to make a call, when I do face a problem, when I do get into uh, self again. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Amy. Bye now. Thank, thank you, Elaine. Janice, go ahead. Well, good morning to you, Amy, and vision for you. My name is Janice, and I am a um, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Okay, um, <clears throat> what these paragraphs, this paragraph and the following paragraphs are teaching me, teaching us, is, is how to, it's given the suggestion, how to create a healthy prayer life. For example, it says here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, focus on, we ask especially for freedom from self-will. That's one, that's one request. And be careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. Never pray for our own selfish needs. Well, it's giving me a guide here. Well, you know, I, I can tell you how I used to pray. I used to pray, oh, please, God, you know, I used to send them on errands. You know, do this. If you do this, then I'll do this. You know, please make me abstinent, and I, and I promise I this. And all these kinds of requests for myself. See, because the root of me is selfishness. So the first thing I'm going to do is pray for freedom from my self-will which, of course, includes, you know, the third step prayer for me. Now it says, be careful to make no requests for yourselves. Well, how do you do that? Well, I've learned today that I pray for love and tolerance of others for the day because that's how I could be very intolerant. That's what how I pray. I pray to remove the self-pity and the selfishness for me um, in the self-seeking so that others will be helped. See, that's how I pray today, um, to be useful to others. Because if I'm in self-pity, if I'm intolerant, if I'm unkind, I'm not useful to anyone. And I need that inspiration from my higher power. I can't do that myself. So that's how I do this healthy, you know, uh, create this health, healthy uh, prayer during the day. Okay? Thank you. And I pass. Thanks. Thank you, James. Bella, go ahead, please. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Amy, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. You can easily see why. Yes, I definitely can see why, because before the program, I used to pray. I didn't have a problem of praying with praying, but my prayers were based on my will only. My prayers were based on me and I and myself. I used to say to God, God, uh, I should succeed in the interview. I should succeed in the job. I should get the new job. My husband should apologize. My parents should uh, act like normal and go on. This was my will. And my will was based on People pleaser. My will was based on my ego. And when things didn't go my will, well, I blamed myself. I blamed other people, but I blamed myself too. Oh, I didn't do enough. I didn't do again the right thing. Again, I didn't say the right thing. I was in my own jail. And thank God, thank God, now... 
when I am praying, I am praying from to do God's message for me and not mine. I have a freedom in my thinking, a freedom of with my behaviors. I I I am not praying that I should succeed. I don't pray that my will should come through. God, please help me to do your will. Please help me to accept your will for me. It's nothing to do with my ego. I am here with my limitations, with my understanding that it's very limited. I don't know everything. Please help me, God, that today I should be able to do the right choice one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Lorna, go ahead. Okay. Thank you. Lauren, a recovered... Oh, Lauren, sorry. That's, a, that's okay. Lauren S., as in Sam, a recovered compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So we ask ourselves if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own, own selfish ends. Yeah, this is the proper attitude towards prayer. I have to ask myself, you know, gosh, do I find it objectionable to keep asking God? Like, when I started this journey on this page, this was new to me. Don't ask for anything. Whenever I ask God, you know, God, I pray to be removed of this selfishness, of of this resentment. I say, I say, if I can help other people, if I can help your kids, you know, if it if it's only to help your kids, and oh gosh, yeah, when people ask God, please help me be abstinent. That's where they are in their path, you know, love and tolerance. But I don't do that. I don't ask God for abstinence. I do. I find it objectionable. That I don't, that I have, that I would have to ask him, that I can't just trust that he loves me. And gosh, I'm his favorite kid. That he wants me, to, I don't have to ask him for anything. You know, my higher power, gosh, he wants me to be abstinent so I can help his children. If, if, if I am not abstinent, then I'm in self and I'm not helping his kids. But I don't have to ask him for anything. So, like, for me, did I find it objectionable that I thought I had to ask God for anything, that he wouldn't just grant me everything I needed? And uh, I did find that objectionable. Okay. And, well, yeah, with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph that was read? Monica. Leah. Monica and then Leah. Go ahead, Monica. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So here I, we are getting more instructions here in the big book. And uh, we usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer. And I was in, um, um, instructed that prayer was asking God, talking God, talking to God, talking to God. And meditation was listening to God, listening to what 
uh, is being said to me intuitively in my thoughts through other people. And so here it says, okay, so now I've, I've been listening. And I have to tell you all, this has been the hardest thing for me, meditation. God is always saying to me, Monica, will you shut up and listen? <laughs> and um, that I be shown all through the day what my next step should be, you know. And when I first read this paragraph with my sponsor, when I first started the process, well, what do you mean I can't pray for myself? What? Uh, that doesn't make any sense at all to me. But that's where I was at you know, before recovery. What do you mean I can't pray for myself? You mean it's not, I, I'm, I can't ask for abstinence? I can't, da, 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 da. Well, that was just the point, Monica. What are your motives? What were you asking for? You know, and like other people have so nicely said this morning, it was all about me, 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 I, 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 what I wanted. And now by this point, we're at step 11. I've been through the process. And now when I read this, it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, the big book tells me over and over again, Monica, when you get into trouble, turn your thoughts to someone else. Turn your thoughts to how you can be a help to somebody else. And many times that turning my thought is praying for somebody else. Get out and that gets me out of myself and where I'm at. You know, I can't be at the same place. I mean, I can't be doing the same thing at the same time, two times, or I'm all confused here. Anyway, we especially ask for freedom for self-will, you know. Now it's like, yes, I want to do your will because my experience has showed me my will did not work. And I tried it for decades. And this doing your will business, you know what? experience there has showed me this is a nice fine thing to do life is wonderful when i do this i'm happier i'm freer and it all you know with prayer and meditation and i still have to stop and listen monica listen to what you're being told or what you're being asked to do or what you should be doing monica what's the right thing here and again love and tolerance is our code and so I have to be careful of my motives, you know. Careful of your motives there, Monica, when you're asking. Are you asking for yourself? Or are you asking for others? And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Monica. Leah, go ahead. Hey, thank you for your service. Uh, obviously, we're studying Step 11 this morning, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And the big book, you know, is giving me very definite and valuable suggestions here, you know, suggestions that, you know, we live our lives on. Um, improve my conscious contact. I mean, that's what's happening here in this paragraph. You know, this is my preparation for the day. Instead of spending endless amounts of time on the physical preparation, what about spending time on my spiritual preparation and you know it's like you know when I used to go into a grocery store and uh, pick out you know some bags and boxes of my binge foods and bring them back to my car it wasn't enough uh, you know just to put them on the passenger seat and not you know start binging my brains out um, I had to make conscious contact with that with those food substance to get an effect <laughs> to be changed 
Um, and, and it's the same thing here. It's not enough for me to intellectually um, understand that there's a power out there greater than me. I actually have to make conscious contact with that power in order to be affected in order to be changed and that's exactly what these directions do for someone like me it says we ask especially for freedom from self-will and careful to make no requests for myself for ourselves only i mean god is not interested in what i want he's interested in what i need and the more that i can practice that that focus you know this is about what my needs are um you, you know the better off i am and the, and the goal you know, with these suggestions, with the prayer and the meditation time, is not to fulfill my needs, but rather that I get an opportunity, I take the opportunity, I make the opportunity to express my recognition that only God can fulfill those needs should He choose to do so. Because is it possible uh, for me to change the divine mind, so to speak, um, you know, to protest that, uh, you know, I need this done and that done and please don't do X, Y, and Z. Uh, I can't convince God to do something other than what he in his infinite wisdom had planned to do. And thank God for that. You know, sometimes, you know, in, the, in these past, you know, almost three decades of trudging this road, you know, some of the things that I thought were the worst things that were unfolding in my life and the lives of my loved ones turned out to be the best things. But, you know, left to my own thinking, um, you know, I thought that it was all doom and gloom. You know, I was the greatest obstacle <laughs> to my better life. You know, the purpose of this prayer and meditation time is not to change God's mind, but rather it allows me to come to the realization that my life is completely dependent on his will, that I can only survive through his mercy, and that these suggestions where I'm, where I'm listening and I'm asking and I'm listening and I'm asking, asking, that very act elevates and transforms me so that I am no longer the same person I was before I started communicating to my higher power that day. So this relationship of my will and God's grace is such a wonderful uh, dance that produces a transformation in me. You know, this is all upon awakening. I even haven't even left my bed yet. <laughs> I haven't even left my bed yet. And I am changed in the way I was thinking. I am changed in the way I'm feeling. And especially, I am preparing and changing in the way I'm about to behave. And all this process is done to me, not by me, but I have to make the effort. And the results are always disproportionate to that effort. And that way, when I put my feet on the ground, I am in a better position to be a servant rather than a master. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. This is Larry. Did anyone else? Uh, Larry, Thank you. go ahead. Okay, I, stepped all, I stepped all over you. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I got Larry and uh, Nikki. So, Larry, go ahead. Okay, Larry, thank you so much for your service, Amy. Larry, uh, recovered compulsive over here from Chicago. Um, 
what can I add to all the great things that were said? Just something briefly. Um, you know, in reading this paragraph, it just makes me think overall, again, you know, as we said, we're on step 11. Um, my my spiritual awakening, becoming awake, alive to, to, to the God of my understanding, didn't happen um, in a flash, you know, like Bill Wilson and, and others. Um, it may um, there may be someone in the line where it did happen that way, and and uh, and that's terrific. It didn't happen for me that way, you know. Um, nonetheless, I I still rely on this. It, it um, in 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 the uh, on page five sixty eight, it talks most emphatically. We wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. And, you know, a lot of times I talk to people and, and trying to be of help, um, you know, and just share, my, you know, my, my experience, which is this, this process, you know, what do I do every day now? But, you know, I did not, my spiritual awakening that continues to evolve, but I, but I really became alive after having had, you know, a spiritual experience. I, I worked through the steps. And for me, it really came most emphatically, most strongly after step nine. Now, it wasn't like after step nine, I, I, as I've said, I, I heard trumpets and saw angels and that sort of thing, but it, it quickly became clear to me and to others around me that a change had occurred, a change in my thinking and thus in my behavior. This, um, this process works, but um, prior to that, my prayer, you know, we're talking about, you know, what do we do here? Um, it was, I tried my best, you know, I, I, I tried my best, but God had a plan for me. And today, when I do these things, it's with a different, it's, it's with a God consciousness. Before being into the food day after day and, and, and you know, and, and really making a mess of my life um, every day, despite trying to work the steps, you know, it was um, really a challenge. And today, it's uh, God had a plan for me that may be a little bit different from you or from we all. Um, we are all God's children, and He had a plan for me. Um, and now, what? Now, my experience um, is that you know I can be the, the person that He intended for me to be. And so, I don't waste any time asking for for things, selfish things anymore perseverance, you know, um, that's what it took. And, uh, you know, the principle in this step is spiritual awareness. Just that that's what makes our program different than other programs. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Nikki, go ahead. Good morning, Amy. It's Nikki, Compulsive Overeater, recovered for today. Thank you so much for your service, and good morning, everybody. Um, so we're in step 11, and it's giving us very clear directions what to do in the evening, in the morning, and throughout the day, and concluding the period of meditation to be shown all through the day. And, you know, in the past, God has shown me all through the day what to do, but I wasn't a vessel that I was able to listen. I would just do my own thing and wreak havoc on everybody and anything. I wasn't showable. I wasn't teachable. And now, by the grace of God, I can be shown throughout the day what my next step should be and that we should be given whatever we need to take care of such problems because problems will crop up. 
And but I get today to show up and listen because I couldn't listen to anybody in in the past. I thought I knew everything. I wasn't teachable. And I would pray a lot, but I would pray for I I would pray even for other people. But I would say things like you know I would pray every day like a good mom when the when you know girls bus used to leave from my house. I would pray God please my girl should have a great day at school. But guess what? I was selfish even in that act. I would want to pray for them so that I shouldn't get a phone call from the teacher that they were having a bad day. And today it's so different. I pray that they have a good day of school so they have a good day of school so that God can be with them and they can have a good day so that they can be all that they can be instead of coming from a place of self-centeredness, which is my root of my troubles, um, and be able to pray for them and for everybody for whatever they need. Um, the other thing that um, I just wanted to um, say is that this is a program of action, and everything we do is an action. And in the previous paragraph, it says, um, we relax and take it easy, we don't struggle. And that's an action. For me, that's an action, sitting and just doing nothing and relaxing and let God take care of me and let God take care of everyone and let God take care of whatever needs to be taken care of at hand instead of me constantly struggling and struggling and struggling, which was really doing nothing, but I thought I was doing something. But here, we relax and take it easy. That's an action. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. We're going to go ahead and move on to the next paragraph. Uh, Anita L., could you please go ahead and read that next paragraph? Sure. Hi, I'm Anita L. from Philadelphia. If If circumstances warrant we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also, Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. Well, um, I have talked to my husband about uh, his belief in a higher power, and uh, he does not choose to really... uh, think along spiritual lines the way I do, so I would never really consider asking him to join me in my morning meditation. However, my son has become very religious in the past few years, and when he does come home from Israel, uh, we sometimes do pray together, which is such a spiritually amazing feeling. I mean, uh, you know, when I was a kid going to synagogue, that was uh, not really that much fun. And whenever it was time for the rabbi's sermon, was kind of the go-ahead for the kids to talk to each other. You know, I never really listened. And today, I want to listen. I not only want to listen, I need to hear what a messenger of of my higher power has to say so that I can become a better person. So uh, sometimes I, I do 
do, join in with, with something. And when you know, he recites the whole morning prayer uh, service, and uh, I just join in with the parts that I know. However, it does make me feel good to become part of my immediate family members' prayer time. And um, the other thing that I wanted to share was that um, I have gone to my rabbi. Uh, I had a tragedy in my life, in in my immediate family's life, lives uh, last year, and just recently, my rabbi gave me a book that will help me to see how I can be more accepting of what happened and to move on with my life and to be the best person who I can be. um, I am quick to make use of what uh, my rabbi offered and uh, I look forward to a day in the the near future when we are going to discuss it. So with that, I pass, and I thank you so much for this opportunity to share. The first time ever on the line, so thank you. Great job. Thank you, Anita. My name's Amy. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered from Maryland. You know, if we look here at step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And we read this paragraph, and, and what they're saying here, in my humble opinion, is, you know, look, as you understand your God, your higher power, here we have all these different ways or avenues on which we can pursue this relationship through prayer and meditation, through encouraging our wives, our spouses, our family to join us, talking to our rabbi, talking to our minister, that there are any avenues. I mean, basically they're saying, look, choose what path you want, but do it, you know, but do it. Take those actions. You know, we've gone through three prior paragraphs on how to go through our morning prayer and meditation, how to establish a routine. We've been given clear-cut directions and suggestions about how to go about it. And now it's up for us to take the ball and run with it, however we choose to do it. And for some of us, that may be going to our, you know, our religion of our upbringing. For others, it may be completely starting from scratch. But they're encouraging us to get out there and get it done and do it and create this routine, create the structure that's going to allow us to grow and maintain. Because remember, our recovery is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So get out there and get going on this maintenance, on this relationship with a higher power of our understanding. And watch the beauty of this transformation. I don't know about you all, but for me, the transformation over the years has been incredible, unimaginable, and, and you know, My God is my best friend. I mean, my relationship with my higher power is the most important thing in my life without exception today. And it is a beautiful thing to look back and see the beauty of that process and that willingness to start on this path, on this journey, you know, on this relationship. And it says here, be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. Remember, in the chapter, How It Works, we had to let go of old ideas. The result was nil until we let go absolutely. You know, we have to let go of old ideas and be open, you know, willing, honest, and open to sort of let go of maybe what was prejudices or anything like that and to look instead for the positive of where 
those who have a religion have been right as opposed to where they've been wrong. You know, count your blessings instead of your problems type of thing. Where can we glean um, a better way to have a relationship with a higher power, with those who have gone before and have done it and have those relationships? Let go of all prejudices and be open to what your higher power brings to you through other people that have experienced spiritual growth, spiritual relationships through their own religion and um, through their own experiences to be open. I had to be open to that, to listen, to be able to listen to those who had gone before. And I found it incredibly, incredibly helpful. So it doesn't matter what the path is, just get out there and try it out and see what God does with it. And it's pretty cool how it all works out. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Sally. Wow. Okay, the only person I'm sorry I heard was Sally. Who was before Sally, please? <laughs> Hiya. Kim. Marissa. Okay. I heard Haya, Sally, Marissa, and Kim. Anybody else? I'd like to share. Is that Nancy? Yeah, my name is Nancy. No. I've got uh, Kim, Marissa, Kelly, Gaia, and Nancy. So, Kim, go ahead, please. Thanks. Sorry, I'll try to be quick. Um, good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they have to offer. I just want to remind us where we're at. We're at step 11. You know, we have worked through these steps because what have we discovered our problem was in steps one, two, and three? That we have this allergy of the body that is never going to change, permanent disability solved with abstinence. But our bigger problem is this obsession of the mind, and we're blocked. We're blocked from a higher power that can remove that. So at this point, we've gone through the steps and we're unblocked. So now our job is to grow in effectiveness and understanding in order to remain unblocked. So what I have found by doing steps 10 and 11, that my experience of my day is based on my connection with my higher power, not on outside circumstances. If my life happiness is based on outside circumstances, I am screwed. So we learned through these steps it's a self-imposed crisis. We've learned that we are blocked. We've learned on, on page 60, it says, we are always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives were good. Most people live by self-propulsion. So people who are not compulsive live by self-propulsion. And one of the, the, the sayings I heard earlier, which I got this deeper understanding, which really hit me about it, was I need to live life on life's terms. Well, life's terms is self-propulsion. Life's terms is competition, power, prestige, constantly in collision. What I'm doing in 10, 11, 12 is actually living life on God's terms. If I can live life on God's terms, then I have the chance to have a peaceful day. You know, unfortunately, I think the 12-step program has been um, characterized as a self-help program. And it's not. What, what AA is, what the 12-step program is, is self-abandonment. I need to abandon self and live by God's laws. So it's not about me learning more about me. It's about me getting outside of me. And these religious people, these spiritual people have a lot to offer. So we get to play now. We're unblocked. There's a lot of spiritual literature out there that we can use to deepen and broaden our experience. 
But we only do that in step 11 because until we get here, we are so blocked, we cannot be open to this other way. So we need to follow these clear-cut directions to get unblocked. And then in 10, 11, and 12, we get to play. And when we align ourselves with God's will by these many practices, which might be very various between us all, we are able to go through the day regardless of what the outside world is doing and live in a life where we are happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. We have a little under 10 minutes, so if everyone is relatively brief, we could try to get everyone in. Um, So, look, let's go with uh, Marissa. Please go ahead. Marissa, press star 1 to unmute. All right, well, Marissa, if you come back on. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. I had left myself unmuted, but the line must have been remuted. Good morning, everyone. It's Larissa. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive eater in New York. Um, so, uh, you know, our job in recovery is the willingness to grow along spiritual lines. And so my hard wiring is um, to overreact to life not going my way, which I learned in the fourth step in the patterns of my selfishness, my dishonesty, my self-seeking, fear, and inconsideration. And in order to have mastery over those things, the solution is letting God in, to pray for patience, love, and tolerance when resentment comes up, to pray for God to redirect me when fear comes up. So my hard wiring is in the way. My base instincts are in the way, which means my job is to grow that relationship. So in this paragraph, I'm being invited into ways of how I can grow the relationship with God. I can learn from the wisdom of the ages. So be quick to see where religious people are right, make use of what they offer. So as someone who was an agnostic voting on atheist who had given up the religion of my childhood, I had to go back and be willing to look at what resonated in my heart and my gut, what enabled me to get out of self and recognize the God within so that I could tap into that inner resource as I go through the day. And the beginning of this paragraph for me, the inviting others into our prayer and the obligation to show up for whatever religious um, denomination we might be a part of if they have a morning ritual. Um, It's really, again, the first 100 were so wise about not creating controversy. So here, this stemmed from a Christian fundamentalist movement, and they didn't want people to start their own meditative practices and not be showing up where they they could be part of the stream of life and part of their community. Um, So, and, and there's a part of praying with others or meditating with others that magnifies so it, it, it sort of solidifies that energy out into the world. Um, so it's just, it, it, these, these men and women were wise, and they were willing to keep growing and keep learning. And for me, like the willingness to grow on search one means I have to go to the wisdom of the ages. I have to go to spiritual teachers throughout the world and keep letting my access to God grow so that when I need to pause throughout my day. I actually know how to access God. And the prayers of the big book are a phenomenal way to do that, but there's some amazing practices and prayers out there from other religious organizations. And and really here we're being invited into the fact that it doesn't have to look one way, that it's just a willingness to keep growing, to keep learning new things, to keep um, finding ways to grow your conscious contact with the God of your understanding. Um, because ultimately that's what's going to enable you to live a life of shame and happy usefulness. How am I supposed to do God's will if I don't even know 
what my marching orders are if I don't have that connection. So it's so fabulous direction. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Marissa. Sally, go ahead. Press star one, Sally. I'm here, Amy. I'm sorry. I'm going to pass. Okay. Thanks, everybody, and have a wonderful day. I'm just going to listen today. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Sally. Haya, go ahead, please. Thanks, Amy. Hi, everyone. This is Haya, grateful, recovered, compulsive eater, and bulimic, Denver, Colorado. And uh, all I want to share is that, uh, you know, when I took step three, I said uh, I'm enlisting in God's army, and I'm going to take my marching orders from him. And uh, and all I can say today is ditto to uh, Amy, Kim, and Larissa. Thanks for letting me share out with that. I'll pass. Thank you, Haya. Nancy, go ahead, please. Hi, I'm Nancy. Hi, I'm Nancy. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, thank you. Hi, I'm Nancy. I'm 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 just so I'm a a, a compulsive overeater, and I just briefly want to share how grateful I am for uh, this fellowship that saved my life. I um, really appreciate uh, the shares this morning, and I want to share an experience I had. Um, I had a resentment that I just could not be rid of. I had done everything. Uh, that the book uh, told me to do, what my sponsors told me to do, and I just could not get rid of this one resentment. The person had even died. I still had this deep resentment. And in a prayer book, I stumbled upon this prayer book, and there was a simple prayer, and I began to pray. And magically, um, the resentment disappeared, and I, you know, it, it was mind-boggling because I've come full cycle. I uh, left the tenets of my childhood faith, and um, through this fellowship, I find myself uh, appreciating all of the teachings that were given to me. Uh, I'm looking through them from from a different lens, and I recognize today that those people really knew what they were talking about. So I'm just so grateful to this fellowship. It works if you work it. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you, Nancy. We have about one minute left. If someone like to share for about a minute, or we can wrap things up. All righty, then. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. And Hello? thank you to Yes. Can I still share? It's Cassie. I was trying to amuse myself. Okay, please go ahead. You've got about one minute. Okay, I'll just do a very brief share. I'm Pessie, a compulsive overeater from New York. Um, I just wanted to say that these steps... Oh, I'm sorry. My son was quiet till now. These steps are so practical. I mean, this whole unawakening and... I just listened to it yesterday. My entire day went different when I had God. Like, I did His will, not my will. And I woke up and I prayed for Him, so show me guidance. It's so practical and I just love it and I want to take it along with me today too. So I'm just very grateful for this meeting and for all shares. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank everyone who shared, especially our readers, Joanne, Nancy, Lauren for being on deck, Anita, Chelsea. Thank you very much for your service. We will now close the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer. So, Lauren, if you could please take us out with that, that would be great. Yes. Okay. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.